the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The following program is sponsored by Church of the Redeemer in Gatorsburg, Maryland. What do you desire for 2018? What do you want to change? What do you look forward to? This January, Pastor Dale O'Shields will focus on some key points of wisdom that will help us start our year strong and begin building a platform for a stronger life. Do you want God's best for your life? Come and invite a friend. Make sure to be at Church of the Redeemer every weekend starting January 6th and 7th. Make the rest of your life the best of your life. It starts with becoming wiser. For more information on service times and locations, check the website at church-redeemer.org. That's church-redeemer.org. Welcome to Practical Living with Dale O'Shield, Senior Pastor of Church of the Redeemer in Maryland. We pray that through this message, you will learn how to apply God's Word and truth to your life. Stay with us as we discover God's truths that will transform us. Over 700 years before Jesus was born, there was a prophet in the Old Testament by the name of Isaiah. And Isaiah was able to see into the future. As he saw into the future, he saw the coming time when Jesus would be born. He penned these words that many of you are familiar with. You've seen them on Christmas cards. You may know them. Perhaps you've heard them in Handel's Messiah. They're words that ring out related to the coming of Jesus, his advent. And it's in Isaiah chapter 9, verse 6. For to us a child is born, to us a son is given. And the government will be on his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father. And the last title is Prince of Peace. Say it with me, Prince of Peace. Isaiah said when Messiah comes, he will come with royal titles. He will be known as the Wonderful Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, and as the Prince of Peace. A prince is the son of a king. And so Jesus came as the son of God to our world to bring the peace of God to our world so that you and I could actually experience peace in our hearts and lives. This whole dimension of peace, this awareness of experiencing peace through Jesus was something the angels understood because in the night that the Christ child was born and when there was this announcement in Bethlehem or near Bethlehem to the shepherds, we find these words in Luke chapter 2 beginning in verse 8. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them and the glory of the Lord shone around them and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in clothes and lying in a manger. Suddenly, a great company of the heavenly host appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, notice what the angels declare, what they sang and said, glory to God in the highest heaven and on earth. What's the next word there? 
peace, and on earth peace to those on whom his favor rests. Jesus came so that you can experience peace. Down in the deepest part of your life, God wants you not to be troubled by the things that go on in the world around you and to allow the trouble that's occurring in the environments around us to get inside of us. God wants you to be ruled by peace. To have peace in your life, you have to have a relationship with God. You have to know Him through His Son, Jesus Christ. Jesus is the way to peace with God. He is the Prince of Peace. And Jesus even said this Himself in Matthew chapter 11, verses 28 through 30. He gave these words to us. Then Jesus said, Come to me, talking about Himself, all of you who are weary and carry heavy burdens, and I will give you rest, or I will give you peace. Take my yoke upon you. Let me teach you because I'm humble and gentle at heart and you will find rest or you will find peace, settledness in your soul or for your souls. For my yoke is easy to bear and the burden I give you is light. One of the greatest things that we can experience in our life is the peace that God gives through his son Jesus. If you've never experienced the peace of God in your life, you can experience that tonight if you will come to Jesus. That's all it requires. He said, come to me, all who are weary and burdened, I will give you rest. And so it's a choice that we make as to whether we will come to Jesus. But when you come to Jesus, you find a rest that you cannot find any other way. He is the Prince of Peace. And so if you've not done so, tonight can be your night of coming to Jesus and experiencing his peace. But once we've experienced his peace, we also have a responsibility. That's what I want to talk about for a few moments. When you've received the peace of Christ and you've accepted Jesus as Lord of your life, you then have a responsibility to join with Jesus in extending the peace of God around you. That's what Jesus was talking about in Matthew chapter 5, verse 9, when he said, Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called children of God. That is, we do what the Father has wanted us to do. We bear the image of our Father, and so we make peace as God makes peace. The New Living Translation reads this way, God blesses those who work for peace, for they will be called the children of God. I love the message paraphrase. It says, you're blessed when you can show people how to cooperate instead of compete or fight. That's when you discover who you really are and your place in God's family. And so what I want to talk about for a few moments is this, having received the peace of Christ What do we do with that peace? The Bible says that we are to now become peacemakers. And the challenge for you and I in this Christmas season and beyond into a new year and into the days to come with our lives is that we would learn how to take the peace that God gives us and share that peace with people around us. How do you become a peacemaker? And I'm going to share with you six things that I think will help you. I know will help you to become more of a peacemaker in your life. These will be available on your notes if you want to follow along with me. Uh, Perhaps you can just sort of take some notes there because I think you'll want to reflect back on this later in your spiritual journey. The first thing that's necessary if you want to be a peacemaker is you've got to stop three things in your life. You've got to stop agitating, irritating, and aggravating. Amen? You can't be a peacemaker if you're always agitating stuff, if you're always irritating people, and if you're always aggravating things. Some folks, when you see them coming, you want to just attach one phrase to them, here comes trouble. When you see them coming, you don't think peace, but you think, 
trouble because by nature they are troublemakers. By nature they show up and they agitate or they irritate or they aggravate. And so they like to start fights. They like to start contentious engagements. And and here we are in the holiday season. It's so easy in our environments if we're not careful in our family meals and our family times to be an agitator, an irritator, and an aggravator. But Jesus said, no, I want you to be a peacemaker. 1 Peter 3, verse 11 says, turn away from evil and do good. Search for peace and work to maintain it. You know, it's a lot of work to create peace, but it's a work that is worthy. It's a work that you and I are called to do, and so you stop agitating irritating and aggravating. Number two, you need to stop something else. You need to stop comparing and competing with other people. You know, so often, you, you will never have peace if you spend your time comparing yourself with other people. You can't have it because you will always come out on the short end of the stick because everybody's life always looks better than yours, doesn't it? And what's made it worse in our world today is something called social media. So you go into social media and you check into Facebook and you see all the wonderful vacations that person took and all the amazing restaurants they're eating at, all the incredible things they're doing. And then to add misery to it, they post all the pictures there. Amen? Okay. Let me tell you something. They didn't go there. They bought those pictures. Okay. <laughs> Just to make their life look good. Okay. I'm joking. But so many times we can spend our energy comparing ourselves with somebody else's life and competing with people. It happens in families. It happens in relationships. It creates this tension that occurs of people fighting and comparing with one another. And I will tell you that when you compare and compete with people, it disturbs your peace. And when you're disturbed in your peace, it disturbs the peace of the people around you. In James chapter 3, verse 15 through 17, For jealousy and selfishness are not God's kind of wisdom. Such things are earthly, unspiritual, amazing, it says, and demonic. Isn't that interesting? For wherever there is jealousy and selfish ambition, there you will find disorder and evil of every kind. But the wisdom from above, this is how God operates. The wisdom from above is first of all pure. It is also, notice this, peace loving, gentle at all times, and willing to yield to others. It is full of mercy and the fruit of good deeds. It shows no favoritism and is always sincere. So let me encourage you to stop comparing and stop competing with people. Peacemakers can't do that. Number three, you need to forgive and move forward. Peacemakers forgive and peacemakers move forward. When someone hurts you, the natural tendency that you have is to want to hurt them back. That's just the way life works. You hurt me, I'm going to hurt you. The Old Testament called it an eye for an eye, a tooth for a tooth. You punch my eye out, I'll punch yours out. It's the idea of of revenge. That's the concept. Whatever you treat me, I'm going to treat you back and probably multiply it. And there are many of us... That's the way we live our lives. When someone hurts us, what we do is we go into into revenge mode. We go into grudge mode, and we begin to hold it on the inside. I will tell you something about a grudge. When you have a grudge or revenge in your heart, it begins to grind away at your own soul. It, It begins to eat away at you on the inside because grudges are poison in you. It's been said that when you hold on to a grudge towards someone... It's like taking poison and hoping the other person dies. 
You've ingested something that's afflicting your life. And there are many people that will hold on to an offense and hold on to a grudge for a year or five years or 10 years or 25 years. There's some folks perhaps here tonight, you've had a family feud going on for the last 30 years. And there's been something between you and another person that you haven't been willing to forgive or that person hasn't been willing to forgive toward you. And I want to encourage you on this Christmas season, forgive. Let go and move forward. You know why that's important? Because that's what God does for us, isn't it? When you and I mess up and go to God, what does He do? He extends to us forgiveness. He, he wipes the slate clean. He gives us a fresh start. He allows us to move forward. And God says, the way I treat you is the way I want you to treat other people. And for some of you, this Christmas season can be an absolutely incredible breakthrough season because tonight in this place, you're going to make a major decision that will change your life in a radical way. You're going to choose to forgive. And God will grant you the grace tonight to make the choice of wiping the slate clean. You might say, well, pastor, you don't know what that person did to me. Well, it's not about what the person did to you. It's about now you've got the next move. And the next move needs to be a move of grace toward them. Grace in your heart and forgiveness because it heals you in the inside. Colossians 3, 12 and 13. Since God chose you to be the holy people he loves. You must, you must clothe yourselves with tender-hearted mercy, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Make allowances for each other's faults and forgive anyone who offends you. Remember, the Lord forgave you, so you must forgive. Dear ones, tonight, whatever it is that you may be holding on to, God's word to you tonight is let it go and move forward. It's not worth it for it to have consumed your life. Number four, the fourth thing that is essential if you want to be a peacemaker is you need to improve your personality. Now, I got some good news for you and some bad news for you. Okay, you ready for the good news and bad news? Let me start with the bad news. The bad news, you can't do much about your personality. The good news is that God can what you can't do about your personality, God can do. But your personality needs some improvement. In fact, why don't you turn to your neighbor right now and so just tell them, you really need to hear this point. Listen closely. Go and tell them, you need to hear this point. Listen closely, okay? Let me explain this to you. You ever tried to change yourself? It's kind of hard to change yourself, isn't it? Because we don't have the strength or power. We try to change stuff about ourselves and we, we can't quite do it. But there's a power given to us in relationship with Jesus that allows change to happen in our lives. That power is called the power of the Holy Spirit living in us. And so when you and I welcome the fullness of God's Spirit, change is possible. What you can't do for yourself, God is able to do in you and through you. He's able to produce the character of Jesus because that's really what being a Christian is all about. Being a Christian is not just a creed that you declare, a set of beliefs that you hold on to, as valuable as that is, but really being a Christian is applying all of that to where you are actually becoming more like Christ in the way you live your life. That's our journey. 
And this happens through the presence and power of God's Spirit in us. Galatians 5, 22 and 23. But the Holy Spirit produces. It's not us, but the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives. Well, what kind of fruit? What does it look like? Here it is. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. There is no law against these things. How many of you could use a bit more love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control? If you can use more of that, say a big amen. You could use it, couldn't you, okay? Well, the Bible says the Holy Spirit can do that for you. And so as we're learning to walk with Jesus, we learn to Lean into the Spirit to give us the power to do things we can't do ourselves. Number five, the fifth thing that you do to become a peacemaker is you build bridges and break down walls. That's what peacemakers do. They build bridges and they break down walls. What I mean by this, this whole phrase, build bridges, break down walls, is that you actually become the initiator of relationships. That you, you're, the reach, you're the one that reaches out. You're the one that leans in to other people. Instead of waiting for other people to lean into you. Because here's what we do in relationships. We say, well, I'll respond whenever they take the first step. If they reach out to me, then I'll respond. If they'll call, I'll take their call. Or if they text me, I'll text them back. Or if they email me, I'll respond to it. But I'm waiting for them. I want them to take the first step. And how many people do we have sitting back where there could be valuable relationships, but everybody's sitting back waiting for somebody else to take the first step, and no one ever takes the step. And so either relationships are not healed or relationships are not formed or things don't happen because everybody's waiting for the other person to take the step. And God says, I want you to be a peacemaker, which means that you build bridges. It means that you take the step, that you reach out, that you show mercy, that you show grace, that you extend hospitality, that you lean toward people, that you take action in that direction. Notice, if you will, Romans Chapter 12, verse 18. I love this verse. It's here from the New Living Translation. Do all that you can to live in peace with everyone. We like to read it this way. Do all after other people do what they can. That's how we read it, right? But the scripture says do all that you can to live in peace with how many folks? Everyone. And the last thing I want to mention to you today, if you want to be a peacemaker, is that you need to share Jesus with other people. That's what peacemakers do. Peacemakers realize that what I need to do is I've received Jesus in my life. I need to share him with other people. Anytime you get something good in your life, something wonderful that you love or appreciate, do you know what you do? You tell somebody about it, don't you? You share good news. You share good things. You, if you find a product that you just think is incredible, you tell everybody you can about it. And I will tell you, why should it be any different when we discover Jesus Christ in our life, who is the greatest gift that anyone could ever discover and experience? Why would we not be willing to take the peace that we've experienced from Jesus and share him lovingly with as many people as we possibly can? That's what peacemakers do. They take the peace they've shared and point people to the Jesus who brought that peace to them. 
And for some of you, this Christmas season will provide, or this, this holiday season going through the new year, will provide opportunity for you to be with people that maybe are family members or friends that do not know Jesus, that don't have a relationship with Christ. And God wants to use you. He wants to use you as the one that will either plant the seed in that person's life of the love of Jesus or to help them find Jesus in their life, that you can be the person. I will tell you that other than my own salvation that I've experienced in my life many years ago, there's nothing that brings me more joy than to have an opportunity to lead somebody else to Jesus. Having received Jesus myself to share his love with someone else and to see them experience what I've experienced is a wonderful, wonderful thing. And just think about it here this, this evening, folks, and all of our campuses, that if every one of us this coming year would make it our duty to share Jesus with at least one person lovingly and kindly and prayerfully, what a difference we could make in our community. Amen? Look at these words in 1 Peter three fifteen. Quietly trust yourself to Christ your Lord. And if anybody asks you why you believe as you do, be ready. Everybody say be ready. I mean, be ready. Be ready to tell them. And do it in a gentle and respectful way. That is, when you share your faith with other people, you don't have to beat them over the head with your Bible, okay? You don't have to pull out your gospel gun and shoot them, okay? You don't have to be weird when you do it. You just simply share the hope that's in you. You share what you've experienced from a relationship with Jesus. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verses 19 and 20. With this, we're going to conclude. God was in Christ, making peace between the world and himself. In Christ, God did not hold the world guilty of its sins, and he gave us the message of peace. So he gave you and I this message of peace. So we have been sent... You've been sent, I've been sent to speak for who? For Christ, okay? Think about that for a moment, that you and I have been sent, having received this wonderful message and truth of who Jesus is. We have been sent to speak for Christ. It is as if God is calling you through us. We speak for Christ when we beg you to be at peace with God. Let me say one more thing in conclusion of this particular point. One of the things that you and I need to be continually aware of is the fact that this life is very short. It's very short. There's not a single one of us that know how long we will live. I know that's not exactly what you wanted to hear on Christmas Eve, but it's reality. Reality is none of us know how long we're going to live. We, don't have, we have no idea how long we're going to be here on earth. And the most important thing you will ever do in your life is determine not what you do here on earth, but what you do here on earth that prepares you for the life that's to come. Because this, this world that we live in today is very short. Eternity is forever and ever. You want to be prepared for eternity. And that's why you need a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. Jesus said, I am the way and the truth and the life. No man comes to the Father except by me. Jesus said, come to me. All who are weary and heavy laden, I will give you rest. And so the first decision, if you've never made it in your life, you need to make it tonight is, do I have peace with God? Do I have peace with God? Do I know Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior of my life? And if you've settled that issue, the next issue is, how many people can I take to heaven with me? Okay. 
Not just am I going there, but how many folks can I take with me along the journey? How many people that can I share lovingly in an appropriate way the gospel of Jesus Christ with? So the peace that is in me becomes the message of peace through me so that I am actually a peacemaker. I'm causing people to experience the greatest thing in their life. That's the settling of the issue of their eternity. God always does something in us so that he can do something through us when you receive the peace of God. It's because he wants you to become a messenger of that peace. My prayer for you in this Christmas season is that you would experience the peace of God in you and that you would become a peacemaker, that the peace of God would be worked out through you in every relationship in your life. Perhaps as you have been listening to today's broadcast, you felt a stirring in your heart, something that reminded you that you need to get something right in your life with God. The first way to start in that journey with God is to open your heart to Jesus Christ, to make Him the Lord of your life, to turn over all your life to Him. And that begins with a very simple prayer. I want to lead you in that prayer right now, and it's a prayer that you can pray right where you are. Say these words. Jesus, I invite you into my life today to forgive me of all my sins. I need you. I want you. I want you to take charge of my life. Be my Lord and Savior in Jesus' name. Now, if you just prayed that prayer with me, I want to encourage you with a promise from God's Word that says, when we call on God's name, when we call on the name of His Son, Jesus, there is salvation that is brought to our lives. He changes us from the inside out. And the Bible says that if any person is in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things pass away. Behold, all things become new. And that's what's happened to you today as you've opened your heart to Christ. Let me encourage you. You need to take the next step. The next step is to make sure that you get into a good Bible-believing church where you're studying God's Word. And make sure you get a copy of God's Word and begin to read it. Spend some time each day in prayer. You've been listening to the teaching ministry of Practical Living with Dale O'Shield, Senior Pastor of Church of the Redeemer in Maryland. If you would like more information, please visit our website at church-redeemer.org. May God bless you and make you a blessing. 40%. If you own an annuity, Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.